You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I spoke to Bishop a few moments ago, and he says, I think you got a final word. He says, I'm going to give you my time. Bishop, I, I don't know. remain playing Thomas for a few moments I'm not going to be long because I don't know if I could be any more empty I want you to write a few things down then I'm going to pray over you Joni go ahead and get our guys ready it'll be a a little bit, but just get them ready. May all of America feel the rumblings of what has happened in this room. May every parachurch ministry, every local church, every frustrated pastor feel rumblings of what's happening in this room. Something has been birthed. When revival is birthed in your church, it's pretty delicate. The beginning days of the North Georgia revival were scary but delightful remember those days Pastor Marty remember those days Pastor Lance with Bishop when you we didn't know if we were going to go from week to week I'd call you up on a Thursday and say Bishop I think God's in it will you come back don't be too quick to label what you're in it's not important for you to label it. It will label itself. Once you label something, then it is put in a box. Let it find itself and develop and let God label it. Pastor Marty, it was six months probably or four to, four to six months before we even said the word revival. I called Pastor John Kilpatrick and I said, I think we're in a move of God. I think. The birth of revival is delicate. Write that down. And how you handle the beginning will determine what follows. 
I heard one gentleman describe the beginning of revival like a seed that is in a greenhouse. A seed in a greenhouse, it's there to incubate and nurture and to grow in a controlled, carefully monitored environment. Don't miss that. The beginning of a move of God needs to be seen as a seed that needs to be incubated and nurtured and allowed to, to grow in a controlled, carefully monitored, monitored environment. If you're not careful, Donald, turn me down, please, in the monitors here. If you're not careful, people will come and hijack and insert seed into a different seed to make it look like and be like what they experienced in the past. So you do not have what God intended, now you have a hybrid. I, I, I told people my responsibility is to host his presence, but also to pastor the presence. Does that make sense to you? Pastor the presence. Manage the presence. Monitor the presence. God told me early on when I asked him, what do I do with this? He said, Todd, hold it loosely, but guard it ferociously. There's a way to manage, but not micromanage. There is a way to pastor without dominating. There's a way to hold the move of God so that your fingerprints do not contaminate. So that the germs on your fingertips do not affect the seed. Hold it loosely. Guard it ferociously. I wish I could say that every decision that we have made has been the right decision. It hasn't. But there's one thing that I believe our executive staff and our elders are serious about, and that is guarding what God has done here. Ferociously. Asbury, the revival there, was a genuine move of God. And people descended upon that city and it was too much too quick. Dr. Roberts in our Kingdom Ready Revival Network spoke to that. They couldn't handle it. The foundation wasn't there. It was snuffed out prematurely. When you're starting a fire and a fire begins to kindle, that small flame is delicate. 
It needs protection. It needs to be guarded. Protected from the breath of others. That want to put their version onto it. If you put too much on it too quickly, it will smother it. It will suffocate it. Sometimes our zeal to have fire and more fire actually kill the fire. As a leader, when God begins to give you a measure of revival as Renai, they cried out, God, just give us a measure of revival. And when that spark hits your church, don't go to a seven-day meeting. And don't proclaim revival is here. And don't name it North American revival. Too much, too soon. But as a baby, you keep the newborn away from others. And it's what God's given you. And you hold it. You take care of it, you nurture it, you feed it, you laugh with it, you enjoy it, you rock it to sleep, you awaken it, but you hold it. And allow the breath of God, His breath, to be the only breath that breathes oxygen into that small flame. And what will begin to happen, it will take a life on its own. And God will give you wisdom on how to pastor it and hold it. So it's not a three-day, three-week, three-month movement. Then your community says, well, I thought this was the great North American revival. Well, our people got tired. We had division. If you start small, hold it well. Take your time. God will begin to give sustenance to it. And then it will be long term. Are you ready? Write this down. You are to be a custodian of the presence of God. A custodian is someone who has responsibility for or looks after something. Pastor, put the janitor's uniform on. It's time to exchange the celebrity image for the lowly custodian image. Come on, put your blues on. One piece. Your projective, your objective is, God, I'm going to be a custodian of your presence. And I'll take just one match, one spark. That's all I need. And I'll guard it ferociously.
So I'm going to give you very quickly one word statements. Write them down. I feel this is fitting for us to close. Practical suggestions for stewarding a move of God. Never stop seeking Him. Once it's there, it must continue to be reverenced and honored. Not the move of God, but the mover. Keep seeking. Number two, keep your nose down. Do not catch. The drifts, the wind of success, the accolades of others. Keep your nose down so all those things, nice, gentle, kind things that people are saying, never enters your heart. Dull your doubts. When the crowds are low, dull your doubts. When your money is funny, dull your doubts. When enemy mocks you, dull your doubts. Four, if you're going to steward a move of God, minimize the noise. I've become a very isolated individual. There's a lot of noise. My television is noise. My iPhone is noise. Fox News is noise. Prophecies are noise. I love them. Next, isolation is your friend. The greater the isolation, greater the anointing. There are times that you'll walk with the people, you'll walk in front of the people, but there'll be times that you have to go to the mountain. Next, be selective on who has your ear. I just don't listen to a lot of people. My church members, I listen to many of what they have to say that have earned the right to speak. Guard your gates, your eyes, your ears. You cannot preach with power and have filth in your eyes and your ears. Shrink the circle. Again, lessen the voices. Next, constantly work on you. Fix you. You're broken. You'll always be broken. Work on yourself. Next, stay hungry. Admit it when you're not. Protect against offense. 
remove distractions, keep moving forward. Rest and eat right, just to help you and make you mad. Now, why am I giving you these things at the very end? Because I am looking in this room of where when you go back to your church on Sunday, you're going to be a different woman and a different man and a different preacher and a different teacher. And God's going to breathe on you this coming Sunday and the whole dynamic of your atmosphere is about to shift and to change. Declare nothing. Do not declare we're in a move of God. You're not. You're in the beginning phases. It may be one spark. You guard it. And you look at it. And you hold it. And you cherish it. And you say, God, I'll lay my life down so that I can continue to have and experience what I just experienced. Pastor Marty, I don't know when we called this the North Georgia Revival. It was six to seven, eight months into it, wasn't it? I think so. We fought with that. People just started showing up. Do you hear what I'm saying right now? Pastors, I'll leave you with this. The greatest place that you can ever find yourself is in a dark room every day meeting with God. I don't know about you, Pastor Chad. When I put my nose on the floor, I literally say to myself, this is my happy place. Because out here is chaos. The emails are chaos. The interviews are chaos. The phone calls are chaos. Sunday nights, beautifully controlled chaos, but I'm a nervous wreck. I'm as tight as a banjo string. I look at a piece of lint this big on the carpet, and I'm saying, how did I miss that? This is the house of God, and I want everything perfect. But when I come here and I kneel right there and I say, God, this is my happy place. The whole world stops. It comes to a slow, slow pace. And I find him again. Moses said something. He said, I'm going to the mountain. 
into the thick darkness where God dwells. Exodus 20, 21. I'm going to the mountain. You guys are driving me nuts. But I'm going to climb that mountain and I'm going to go into the thick darkness. No voices, no music, no teaching. I'm going to the mountain into the darkness where God dwells. Darkness has become my friend. There's no darkness in him. But I find him best in dark places. When I travel 162 days last year, another 160 this year, when I'm on the road after a Sunday night or Monday night meeting, I get up at six or seven in the morning, it just depends, and I walk into the restroom and I turn the light off and I throw a towel on the floor and make it as dark as I possibly can make it. And for an hour, I put my nose next to the toilet, reminding myself that I have nothing to do with what he's doing, but I get to play a part. And I know it's gross to you, but it's my happy place. I got pictures I could show you, but I won't gross you out. I'll just throw a towel there. And I hold my head. And I say, oh God. Whatever you do, lift not your head upon the North Georgia River Island. Jesus said this. He says, when you walk into the room, he says, shut the door. He says, when you come to me in secret, I will reward you openly. Turn the light off. Leave the phone outside. Turn off the music and put your nose on the floor and reach for his ankles and find the happy place of where your nose rests between his two feet and say, God, I'll serve you and live for you and do whatever you ask me to do. Jesus said this in Matthew 10. He says this, these words. What I speak to you in the dark. What I whisper to you in the dark. 
That's what I want you to say. Let's get reacquainted with the dark. Isolation. Desperation. Consistency. Brokenness. Repentance. Dependence. Emptiness. Contrition. Lowliness. Humility. Climb the mountain. Open the door. Meet him in the dark. In Jesus' name. Stand your feet. learned Pastor Dave Pastor Marty I've learned the more I decrease the more he increases the deeper I go into the dark and the longer I stay there, the brighter his light shines. The smaller I become, the larger and bigger he is. The weaker I am, the stronger. He becomes. I'm standing right here. A year into the revival. And we had seen many live and some die. I'd watch an elderly person get healed, but a 30-something not. I had watched ears open, nicotine addictions broken, homosexual people get set free. And I'm right here and I said, God, increase your glory in this house. And as quickly as I got it out of my mouth, I heard these words, Todd, then increase your brokenness. I wanted more. He wanted less. He said, I need you to be broken more. Because the more broken you are, Todd, the more that I can put upon you. That's an inversion. Don't fight to prove yourself men and women from the pulpit. Don't, don't fight that fight. 
meet with him in the dark and let him put his hand upon you and crush you. And you come out of that dark space with the fingerprints of God on you, marked by him, walking with the limp, wrestle with him. Stand between the living and the dead with a broken and contrite heart. And you'll watch the spirit of tradition and the spirit of religion begin to crumble right before your very eyes. And every obstacle to a move of God will simply vanish unlike you've never seen before. Do you hear what I'm saying today? Lose your life and love it not. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to speak over you. And then we're going to sing this song on the blessing over you, your church, and your family. I want to be so broken and so empty that the devil finds nothing in me to latch onto. The devil came to Jesus and found nothing. No lust, no addiction, empty. I have to flush myself every week, literally, because of crud, offense, hurt, disappointment, opportunities. I got to flush barnacles growing in my spirit, attachments, chipping away. Barnacles slow you down. They eat from you. They take from you. God, I bless. And I don't have a lot more. But what I do have, I speak life and peace over these men and women. Their atmosphere shifting and changing. I bless them. I bless their life. I bless their home. I bless their churches. I bless their ministries. I bless them. May heaven come. heaven come, nose down, leaning forward, 
in the dark. Heaven come. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Sing this. Some of you in the next few moments need to gather with your staff and get in a circle and get things right and declare life and blessing over each other. Find you a pocket in the sanctuary. You and your spouse determined not to quit. I'll pay whatever price. Some of you just need to come to the altar. with your team right now and get together and begin to pray.
Hallelujah. We just want to bless you and let you know you can stay around as long as you want. Continue to pray as long as you want to. But as far as the empty conference 2023, it has come to an end. So we thank you for coming. We love you dearly. If we can ever do anything for you, please let us know. Be safe in your travels back home. We love you. Thank God for you.